Welcome to That's the Word, Wholesome Tales for the Whole Family. I'm Father James Yamauchi. Today's story, No One Trusts the Weatherman. The new governor was furious as he read the latest dispatch sent to him. His disgraced predecessor, sailing off the coast with a small fleet, was requesting entry into the port. His excuse? He claimed that a great storm was approaching. The governor scoffed. He greatly disliked his predecessor and had no time to play games with him. The governor was in the midst of final preparations for sending off a fleet of 30 ships to the king's court filled with treasures. He was looking to increase his reputation at court and wanted no unnecessary delays. Though there were clouds overspreading the land from the east and unusually large waves, this was no cause for alarm in the governor's mind for his own fleet, and therefore his predecessor could certainly manage without any visit to the port city. The governor denied the request. There is only room enough for one leader. The governor muttered to his aide as he looked out the window at the bustling docks below, adding, I do not want that man anywhere near this port. We have done too much work for him to sabotage this project. But sir, the aide responded, He just sent another message warning us to not send the fleet until the storm passes. The governor shook his head in disbelief. He did not trust his predecessor. The governor, turning to the aide, mockingly asked, A great storm? How does he even know? The aide was silent. The governor continued, I refuse to give him permission to enter the port. Do you think he is really concerned about my well-being? Give the order for the fleet to embark as soon as possible. Not on my watch will actions be dictated by fanciful tales. The order was given and cheers rose as the fleet made its way out to sea. The next day, the warning scoffed by the governor became reality. A great and powerful storm wreaked havoc on both land and at sea. Once the storm passed, the governor received devastating news. Four ships returned to the port city badly damaged, with the report that 25 ships were destroyed and over 500 men lost their lives. On the other hand, His predecessor's small fleet found shelter on the western side of the island and survived the storm thanks to the prudence of their leader. It is this leader, whose name is known all over the world, but whose reputation has been tarnished over the years. His desire for exploration and for economic gain was inspired by a desire to fund Christendom's campaign to retake Jerusalem from the Turks. He was a devout Catholic, concerned with the salvation of the people he encountered. 
evidenced by his request to the Pope to provide missionaries for his people and establishing in his will a fund to finance missionary efforts in the new world. He demonstrated his magnanimity when he warned his rival about an impending dangerous storm. He learned the signs indicating the approach of such a storm from the natives, who attributed these storms to the anger of their god, Huracan, and thus became the first person to document a hurricane warning. The governor and maritime explorer named Christopher Columbus. And for this week, that's the word. I have to say, this is one of the most creative titles to one of our stories. No one trusts the weatherman. Not to pat ourselves on the back. But I guess that was going on in the 15th and 16th centuries, as well as the 20 and 21st centuries. To be fair, I think both them and us have justification for our skepticism. But one of the fascinating things about this story, in all seriousness, is the fact that if you listen to our story, we mentioned that there were 30 ships in the fleet. Four of them returned to the port. 25 of them were lost at sea. That means there was one ship that we didn't talk about. Well, that one ship actually made it all the way to Spain. And that one ship was actually carrying the goods that belonged to Christopher Columbus. It's called cruel irony. It really is. I'm sure the governor was furious when he found out about that, probably even more so than the fact that uh, he lost some of the other goods. So poor guy, we can pray for him. And since we mentioned Columbus in the story, it's important to just point out, we we know that there's a lot of misinformation about him. uh, And it's important to know the difference between the stuff he actually did, the stuff that people contemporary with him did, and the stuff that never happened at all. So we just recommend you look at the Columbia Magazine article, Five Myths About Columbus. That has a good summary and a good analysis of what Uh, Columbus actually did versus what's said about him that's just not true. If you enjoy That's the Word, please share the word. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter at sonsofthunderrock.com. That's also where you can find our social links and our email in case you want to send us feedback or give us story ideas. Thanks for listening and join us next Wednesday for another wholesome tale for the whole family.